Hey, chiropractors, welcome to Modern Chiropractic Mastery with your host, Dr. Kevin Christie, where we discuss the latest in marketing, business, and professional growth with some of the leading experts in the industry. Docs, welcome to another episode of Modern Chiropractic Mastery. This is your host, Dr. Kevin Christie, and today I am introducing and interviewing Melissa Weber. She is our new chief marketing officer, so I'm introducing her as that. And we're going to dive into a bunch of different topics on marketing. You know, she's got a, a bright mind in marketing and strategy. And we just have a really nice, good episode on our roots of marketing and, and giving you some of the updated thoughts and strategies on content marketing and audience building and some of the stuff that we're looking to do at MCM Mastery for not only our, our company, so MCM proper, but also for our members and, and really helping them out uh, with marketing. And so uh, we brought on Melissa to really kind of open up the hood of our company and get more efficient, better strategies, like really take that next step uh, for our, you know, for our company and, and, and for our clients and, and making sure that they have the best that's out there in content marketing strategy. And so we dive into that topic. It's just been a, an exciting growth phase for us. And this was a big part of it. We had set a goal, um, you know, by the end of the year to, to get to that 45 members. Uh, we have that, you know, we've got our group coaching calls are just awesome, loaded with people with ideas. And, and I come with a, a game plan for each call and, and we implement it and we have good uh, breakout sessions and dialogues. And so it's been really nice to see that uh, growth. And one of the goals with that was for the beginning of 2023 was to bring on a um, fractional CMO to where we can really start to take that next level for our clients. And, and Melissa has done that already in the six weeks she's been with us. And it's been uh, fun to, to go through that process. And so I wanted to bring her on to the podcast, introduce her to you and to talk all things marketing. So here is my interview with Melissa Weber. All right. Welcome to the show, Melissa. I'm excited to have you on the podcast today. It's been great over the last month or so to, to get to work with you directly. And I wanted to be able to have you kind of introduce to our audience and discuss all things marketing uh, as it relates to modern chiropractic marketing, to our clients and, and some other fun, fascinating things around marketing. So welcome to the show. Tell us a little bit about yourself personally, professionally, and we'll go from there. Awesome. Yes. Thanks so much, Kevin, for having me. I'm excited to join the MCM team. So it's been really fun uh, learning the, the ins and outs of the business and, and getting to work with more chiropractors. So it's it's an exciting time. Yes. So, um, man, I've lived a few lives, uh, even as a younger person. <laughs> um, so I started my career, I guess I got my undergrad in media. So I love, I've always loved media. You know, back then it there was no social media, so it was a bit of a different kind of structure at that point. Um, originally, I wanted to be an actress. Actually, I was like going to do the whole acting thing, um, but I ended up getting into a startup environment right out of college uh, and fell in love with business. So that's kind of where the the turn happened. Uh, and then I fell in love with business, felt like I didn't have a lot of business education. So that's when I decided to go back for my master's in business administration or MBA, uh, learned a ton there, and then just really got integrated with uh, within the corporate world. So the corporate structure, uh, I learned a lot in the corporate structure. I don't want to be too hateful on the corporate on the corporate world. 
Um, but it was something that uh, I learned a lot about, like acquisitions and customer service and how to work with a lot of different personalities and uh, the hierarchy of, of a corporate environment was was a really interesting place to be. Uh, so I did that for, you know, within those two worlds for about eight years, did a lot of uh, sales functions as well. There were marketing intertwined within those things, but um, a lot of relationship building, which I think has helped me in the marketing field for sure. Uh, and then I ended up wanting to start my own business. So I did that coming off of, you know, the beginning of 2020, which was a video marketing company. So it's mm -hmm. called Teddy Media. Uh, it's going to be a really fun ride. And then right when I left my corporate job is when uh, we had the pandemic, obviously, that everybody is familiar with. So had a little bit of a slow start. Uh, made a lot of big moves within my personal life in order to make that happen. And then that's kind of like where the marketing explosion happened, which has been really fun. It's been a really interesting ride. Um, and then in addition to that, I've been uh, working on opening a tap house. So. Yeah, I want to dive into that. But before we do, um, were you, you could have been a, a Gwyneth Paltrow lookalike if you got into the actress uh, <laughs> profession. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Yeah, that would have been great. It would have. I didn't love acting enough. It's really there's a um, there's a quote by a writer who's talking about when you're going after a dream and and like you really have to be willing to eat um, shit sandwiches is what they, oh, they yeah. call it, and it's like. And for me, like acting, like I didn't love it enough to like want to do that. I was like, yeah, that, I don't think that's it. But now being in the business world and and starting the tap house, especially, it's like I'm willing to do that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for, no, for, this for new sure. Dream. Yeah, yeah, but there's a little, a little higher probability of being successful than acting. Obviously, it's that, that's yeah, a, a oh. very low probability. Uh, so yes. yeah, tell us about this <laughs> this uh, passion and love for craft beer and and what you're looking to do around that. I I, I love that idea. Yeah, so I actually started uh, with this online, not super different from MCM, but it was a kind of a group coaching uh, experience back in 2015. And one of the other people had started a tap house up in Washington. I spent a lot of time up in Washington State, uh, mm -hmm. Seattle, Northern Washington. There's a lot of craft beer there. Um, and this guy, he had started a tap house where like a percentage of the revenue went back to clean water projects. And I've been affiliated with a nonprofit here in St. Louis called Saleo Water. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this would be great. You can combine, you know, the love of beer with the the give back kind of social enterprise uh, setup. And so I got to know him a bit. And, you know, I'm in St. Louis. So Anheuser-Busch is a huge presence here. Uh, so from the beginning, I was very much like Anheuser-Busch is everything. And then once the craft beer scene kind of picked up and I traveled quite a bit, uh, I just fell in love with it. And I think the the casualness of a beer and kind of being able to talk about fun stuff over a beer is a really interesting concept for um, what we're trying to build, which is a tap house, you know, uh, that you can have these conversations about things that you have dreams about or just things that you want to do in your life and kind of the lower the stakes over a beer conversations um, and then attach a kind of give back element to it. So. Uh, we're still in the works. We've got another team working on that kind of stuff. Yeah. But yeah, it's been a really fun, interesting. It's very much like an art for me, like beer. There's so much you can do with it uh, to change the taste and how other people do it compared to other breweries. So it's been yeah. really fun. It's fascinating. My my neighbor, um, my next door neighbor, he owns a very popular restaurant here. And he's oh, a okay. chef. He's a chef by trade. He actually owns a couple of restaurants and 
you know, it's always interesting to see, you know, whether it's a restaurant or tap house or, or other things that are, you know, parallel uh, businesses, you can come at it from different angles, right? Like you could be a, yeah. a craft beer expert at brewing it and start the the business from the ground up, but you probably need to latch on to someone who understands marketing and business. Yeah. Or you're coming in from your angle, you understand a lot of the marketing and business, you have the love for it. I'm sure you're putting some people around you that can craft and, and make the beer, right? Is that yeah. Well, so that's the kind of the beauty of the tap house mm-hmm. is that I won't brew anything, which is also an extreme, like you have to have a lot of capital to build out a facility of that size if you're going to scale to any degree. Mm-hmm. Um, so I always kind of thought of it as a very collaborative setup where we can, you know, and that's where the marketing part of everything is like, oh my gosh, we could do all these things and hopefully collaborate with some local breweries mm-hmm. uh, in order to, you know, provide them. I mean, anybody's going to take creative free marketing at some point um so i think that it's going to be a really interesting dynamic to see who is like super into the collaboration because at the end of the day even if you are a restaurant like um you're going to want to partner with people and kind of show that and get business from a restaurant so we're hoping that the business element of like hi we just want to sell your beer is is going to be you know attractive to people but yeah. it's always it's always a beta testing that's what marketing is it's like you're gonna try it see if it works and then go from there so yeah and and i just grabbed a book off my bookshelf because i was thinking about it um robert rose his he's kind of one of my mentors in marketing he's really big in the content marketing institute him and uh carla johnson wrote a book called experiences the seventh era of marketing and it's a really cool book where cool. They, they talk about the different eras in marketing, you know, like a lot of ad agency stuff back in the 50s, 60s, stuff like that. And mm-hmm. he, he, he really proposes this seventh era of marketing is about experiences. And I think a lot of us can relate to that in a sense of, um, you know, you go to the coffee shop and, and I, a lot of times I cherry pick coffee shops that I feel like when I go there, it's just the experience. And, yep. and I've been to some where the experience is amazing. The coffee's fine. Um, but the experience is just like, it's got the right music. It's got the right ambiance. The design is cool. The art, like, you know, we've all been to those coffee shops. Is that something that you're taking into consideration with the tap house? Definitely. So I think the marketing part of me is probably why it's taken a while to really get it off the ground too, is because Mm -hmm. I'm very, um, thoughtful and intentional about what the space is going to feel like. You know, we're going to serve great beer. I can take care of that because I'm not brewing it. So all I have to Mm -hmm. do is drink them, know that they're great and be willing to serve them. With the space itself is that, and this goes a lot into branding, is that branding is what other people say it is, not what you say it is. So if I think this is like the greatest place on planet Earth and you should feel, you know, pumped coming in. And then I keep hearing from customers that they're like, well, I came in and, uh, yeah, it didn't feel like that. It felt kind of disheveled and I didn't feel energized by it. And so we're trying to be very thoughtful about does this feel does this feel too, you know, romantic? Okay, we need to do this in, to the space because we don't want it to feel that way. Okay, does this experience feel um, like people are being pushed out because that's what you get at sometimes at restaurants or things. It's like you're on a time clock, you know, and what we want is for people like a coffee shop, kind of that third place thought process. We want people to come in, collaborate, be there for hours, if that's what makes sense. Um, And then we'll adjust that as needed, you know, if it turns out that it's not, you know, business has to survive. 
But that's kind of definitely like what you have to execute at some point. You can't be stuck in the clouds for too long because then you'll never do it. But that is definitely stuff that we go through to a very minuscule detail. <laughs> you know, I got to I got to connect you with my buddy and I'll tell you why in a second. But before I do, um, I'm actually reading another book right now. It's called Creati Creativity Inc. And it's by Ed oh. Cadmull. And he is the um, he's the main guy at Pixar. And so it's a it's a business book. Um, and, and, and the subtitle is Overcoming the Unseen Forces That Stand in the Way of, of True Inspiration. But it's interesting to hear his perspective on the creativity process of Pixar and their movies and also obviously running a business around that. A really good book. But one of the takeaways from it, and to your point, is they people don't realize how many years some of these movies sit in incubation on just getting the story right and the 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 graphics right the animation right and you know there there was one i forget which one it might have, it was either tour story two or it was oh. monsters inc it was one of the ones but i mean it was in story for like three years right Crazy. and it's just you got directors and producers working on this behind the scenes for a long time before they even start the actual Pixar animation. Right. And it was an eye opener to me because, you know, I, we, a lot of times we want to rush things, mm -hmm. you know, yep. and, 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 and it, it, there's a give and take between getting it right, taking your time. And then, yeah, sometimes starting the process and, and seeing what doesn't work as well. And that was the other learning curve from there. A lot of times they would present the original story for a Pixar movie and what the original pitch was versus the final product. Yeah. Insanely different. And so the, even during the, you know, a lot of iterative processes during the making of it. So you might find some things there. Um, yeah. I love that. Yeah. So I'm sure you're in, in, in a lot of that kind of iterative processes of, of things. Yeah. It's, I mean, and it's exhausting. I think for any business person, like you have a vision of what it's going to look like at one certain point. And when you're in the drudge of, you know, what oftentimes feels like a drudge, it feels like you're either doing something wrong or like it, this should be going quicker if I was good at this or and it's it is being patient and understanding that the macro of it, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk talks about macro micro things and being patient. And it is really hard when you just want to go. But I think that the product for the Tap House first drafts, like it's it's so, so much better by like 10, 100 times that it's so worth it now that I'm here. It feels really good, you know, but for the last three years, you could argue even like seven years of just having this kind of thought process. Um, we're in an exciting time, but I'm really glad that we gave it the necessary um, thought and really, you know, okay, let's flush this out more. This seems like it's not because people are going to feel that. If it feels like you didn't think it through, they're going to feel that immediately. Like their energy is very transferable that way. Um, even if it's, you might not know that, you know, you might not think you thought you thought it through. Um, and then once it starts kind of happening, you're like, uh oh, maybe we need to pause and then just reframe it a little bit and then kind of see what happens from there. So, yeah, it's exciting. Yeah. And I mentioned my, my, one of my best friends, he actually, He's in the hedge fund industry, but him and a, okay. another buddy, they started a uh, place in London and I, and it was cool for me because I've been there a few times and, and it's called drafts, which is it's D R A U G H T S. Yep. Yeah. Like that. 
and it's actually a board game called a board game oh, cafe. Oh, cool. Where, okay. Yeah, they got like tons of board games. And, and basically you go there and you play board games and you drink and you eat and you have yeah. a good time. And it was cool because I, I was in London when they first signed the lease for the place, oh. but hadn't been built out. And then the next time I was in London was maybe three or four years after that. And I was, I actually spent a, a night there playing board games at their second yeah. location. And uh, it was amazing to see the evolution. And there was a lot of ups and downs, but it, it's turned out great. The pandemic was challenging, so cool. but they survived it. Uh, but it's an experience. When you go there, like they hit yeah. a lot, they got a lot of this stuff right. And it was pretty neat to see that. That's amazing. Yeah, that's like the the kind of long-term vision I try to keep in mind is like, you don't have to go big this first time. Like we can do a smaller spot. And then when you have your third location, you can go hog wild. You know, it's having that, knowing that you'll have the opportunity for that in the future, but allowing yourself kind of the space to grow and and do it from a smaller risk level. You know, instead of me buying a building, we can lease a smaller spot and then kind of um, figure things out from there and then expand. But that's really cool. That's a really cool like before and after to see yeah if you ever need me to connect y'all they have some yeah that'd be awesome i would love that yeah okay great all right docs here is a new opportunity for you from darcy sullivan of propel she is our seo specialist in helping out many chiropractors uh, with their search engine optimization and making sure google is finding you and getting you new patients it's amazing how many new patients chiropractors can get and are getting when they do uh, the SEO right and a few other things. And Darcy is offering a free SEO workshop just for chiropractors. And you can sign up for that at bit.ly bit.ly slash propel MCM. That is bit.ly bit.ly propel MCM modern chiropractic marketing, right? And so check out that link and we're going to have you go over five SEO secrets to owning the first page of Google uh, without buying ads. And Darcy's going to give that free workshop one hour to really help grow your practice and start churning new patients from the ever mighty Google, which is still king in the online marketing. So check that out at bit.ly slash propel MCM for the one hour free workshop. Um, but yeah, I want to kind of po- put a bow on this part of it a little bit, but I think there's a lot sure. of learning lessons from it from the chiropractor perspective is like, you know, you, you got to look at your office. What's the experience like for that patient? And sometimes it is the, the office space. It's the decor, it's the energy in there, it's the music playing, it's the staff, mm-hmm. it's the doctor, like there's a lot to it. And that, that experience is part of the branding and is part of the branding that they're going to talk about one way or the other. And, right. and what, what do you want that narrative to be? Right. Yep, exactly. So, all right, cool. So what would you say um, are some of your marketing strengths? Because obviously, you know, for instance, I'll give you an idea. Like for me, um, you know, I'm not a marketer by trade. I have a lot of marketing strengths and I have a lot of marketing weaknesses for sure. <laughs> I would say one of my one of my strengths is the fact that I, I know the chiropractic profession inside and out and I'm able yep. to apply that uh, nuance to it. But for you, what would you say some of your strengths around marketing? Uh, I think that my biggest strength, and this comes a lot from just working in business, is the relationship building and customer service elements. So I feel like I'm very able to put myself in the shoes of the market. Mm-hmm. And so the there's a marketing is really the gap between what you're offering, who you are, like the whole where, what, how, that whole thing, and getting the customer to give you their their money, right? It's yep. like in, in a basic sense. So marketing is meeting them where they're at 
And then in the digital marketing world, which has been exploded so crazily, is how do you make sure that that messaging is telling them what they what they need to hear, right? Where are you? You know, what are you offering me? But then also answering the questions of that they might have already. How do you answer that before they have to do so much work? You know, I got to go to the website and look at an FAQ and all those things are important. I'm not saying don't have them. But marketing, if you're able to answer things before they have to ask them, the 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 conversion is going to happen so much quicker. Um, so I think that I'm I'm really good at figuring out like, hey, this they probably have this question. And when you're in your own industry, it's really easy to just be like, no, I don't think like they probably know that already. Or, you know, people know chiropractors do, you know, um, myofascial release. Everybody knows that. I'm like, I promise you that they don't. You know, like I <laughs> I know they don't because I'm a yeah. person who talks to other people that, you know, once you're in a field, you start to kind of ask people, you know, questions. And they're like, oh, I didn't know they did that. And I'm like, yeah, you could solve a lot of your problems. If with a chiropractor that maybe you didn't think that you could have before. So I think that walking through that thought process of a of a potential patient, customer, client, whatever, um, is definitely a strength of mine. Uh, and then kind of nurturing that relationship going forward. Like marketing, I always think of as like an intimate relationship you have with friends and family, a spouse, whatever. It'd be great when you have a really great, you know, you're in a really great place right now and you just think, well, we're just always going to be in a great place and they're always going to know how I'm feeling and what's going on. And and that we know that's not true. We know that it's constant every day, you know, strengthening that relationship and i think that's very true in the marketing term mm -hmm. is it's constant you know you, it, and that's why it can sometimes feel exhausting is because it is you're constantly trying to communicate um with people that you're not really getting a lot of feedback from mm -hmm. you know you're some of it is putting it out into the world and hoping what you want to happen happens and obviously we have a lot more data and tools um to measure stuff like that now that we didn't have before mm -hmm. but um, yeah, I think that the relationship building and the communication piece have been really helpful for me. I'm naturally like a, a, a good communicator. So that's mm -hmm. been helpful um, in this field, which kind of it surprised me, honestly, in the beginning. I was like, oh, I guess I'm really great at marketing, you know, because it's just <laughs> when your natural talents kind of align to something like that. Uh, I think that's been been really helpful. Yeah. Uh, and then the data part. I'm a data nerd. So I'm also mm -hmm. like oh my gosh, how did this do this? You know, and and being able to make decisions that way, I think yep. it's completely underrated um, because I don't think that people always know how to measure things. So mm -hmm. um, that analytical part has been helpful. And I need that a lot in my corporate job with data, uh, demand management, and supply chain, and that's not sexy. Yeah. <laughs> and I know a couple stuff, weeks but. a couple weeks ago you had had mentioned something to me, and I actually shared it with our group coaching last week. Was about oh, good. that that idea where it's like, look, you may start to feel like you're um, speaking to no one, or you're getting redundant, or you know you're going to exhaust them with content. And the reality is that's not the case uh, for, mm -hmm. for for many reasons. Um, and that's something I conveyed to them, which I really like, but. Um, on the idea of that kind of that aspect of, all right, we get the chiropractor. Part of what we've obviously transformed MCM in is now not only are we coaching, but we we do the marketing for them, and we're really it's pretty pr pretty cool to see us turn a lot of chiropractors into content creators, which has been great. Yeah. Um, and something that I want to touch on right now is 
is kind of the audience aspect of that because that is always a sure. frustration point and, and, and part of why we brought you on was to help our yeah. clients with audience building or you know like just kind of starting to see the fruit of their of their labor but um what are your thoughts for from a chiropractor's perspective because let me frame it again you and i met because your work with brennan donahue who's been yep. you know, a mastermind member and, and a, forever yeah a master member and and I'm sure you learned a lot working with him and doing a lot of his video marketing. And he, he got a lot better at it and, and found yeah. his notice online and it really helped grow his practice. And so that's obviously how you and I met. Right. Um, so talking to the chiropractors, how can they really start to grow their audience? Uh, sure. Marketing? Yeah, I think, and we've kind of talked about this a lot, is that video, like my original marketing business was video marketing. Mm -hmm. um, and that was something that I think was really the timing with me and Brennan was perfect is that like that was when he was ready to really like pull the trigger on it um and I think that and over time you know he and he knew this already but like he kind of figured like oh who is my audience like if you can't define your ideal audience then you're already in trouble right because if you're marketing to everybody you're marketing to nobody that's a very big marketing statement um and so I think as you go and you start talking about things, we started building a video um, strategy and then building kind of some of the other pieces of the social world off of that video, which is great because you're maximizing content from one piece of something, which is very MCM. But um, so I think that defining the audience is number one. And that might change over time. Like in the, if, it's okay if it's a little wider in the beginning, right? Mm -hmm. And then as you start to, and this does take time, you know, you can expect it to take a few months minimum to start seeing things happen. Oh, I saw your video and you're in the feedback. Sometimes you have to request that feedback. So I, I think that's something that Brennan was always really good at, especially with new clients was like, hey, how did you hear about us? And if they and then they can tell you, oh, I saw your Facebook video. I saw this thing on Instagram or whatever it might be. Um, and that does reinforce your, OK, this is working, number one. But then it also can tell you what that audience member looks like, right? Like, are they an athlete? Are they somebody that just has back pain? Are Like, who are they? And then collecting that information so that you can be more targeted when you are talking to people. So I think from a very basic standpoint is like from healthcare, healthcare is a tough, tricky industry period because there's a lot of um, mistrust, I think, in the industry overall, not just chiropractic, but everywhere. Um, mm -hmm. So as much as you can process the experience that that person can plan to have when they come in, the better the overall experience, right? They're going to see a video. They're going to hear your voice. They're going to see your face. I think a lot of people, chiropractors included, get caught up in, I don't want to be on video or I don't mm -hmm. like how I sound or what I look like. And um, and at the end of the day, it's really not important, right? That's the experience the patient's going to have when they come and sit with you and expect you to fix their problem, right? Or to some extent, you know. Um, so I think if if they're, it's a lot of digging and a lot of taking the time to to change your chiropractic brain from the science and the which is amazing, right? Don't be a chiropractor if you don't like science, <laughs> like you know. And so it's like. Um, switching it over to that business marketing side every once in a while and, and mm -hmm. trying to work that into your workflow. You know, like I was saying with Brennan, if he has a new patient, you could easily do that with with mm -hmm. patients maybe you've had a long time and figure out like why they why they're staying. Um, what what 
value add do you bring to them? Uh, and then incorporating that in your social media strategy or digital media, whatever, you know, there's a lot of aspects to digital media, but I think social is the main channel that people are going to filter through. Uh, and just talking to them directly about what their objections might be and working through those from there. Does that make sense? I it's went on a perfect. tangent a little bit. So. No, 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 it was great. And it was great. And I, and I, I want to, you know, speak to the audience a little bit of chiropractors because a lot of them will be concerned about getting on video. Like you said, how do I look? Yeah. How do I sound? But I want them to kind of go back in time and remember what it felt like that first month in practice when you had to have one-on-one conversations with you know, a bunch of people every day and, and you're now their doctor. Cause there's this time where he's like, you're a student and then you graduate and then now you're actually a doctor and you have to see patients and people are paying you free to talk to you and get your expertise and you evaluate. It was a very, uh, it's very uncomfortable early on yeah. and, and you're not confident with it. Uh, and it's the same thing with video or like for me, when I started the podcast, I wasn't comfortable with it, but now it's just kind of second nature. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I challenge chiropractors to remember like, it was very awkward and weird and a learning curve to actually have one-on-one -on -one conversations with your patients early on. And video is no different. Like you'll get better at it. Um, and you don't have 100%. to be an A-list -list, A celebrity either, right? No, no. I mean, and that was my whole thing with my original video marketing is one, lower the stakes of like the cost video. And this turns into an aesthetics thing too, is that aesthetics are important to a certain degree. Right. Design is important to a certain degree, depending on what it is. You know, you don't want to be sloppy and you don't want to be putting out something really horrible or something that's doing more harm than good. But at the end of the day, like it doesn't need to be perfect anyway. And so the more you practice something and that's really not to go back to the tap house, but first drafts, the whole point of that thought is that. And again, this is from a writer is it's she wrote an essay called shitty first drafts. Mm -hmm. And so it's about just getting it on paper, but that's very similar to starting, you know, the video process is it doesn't have to be perfect. Um, but also it's okay if you look a little silly, like it's mm -hmm. okay if you didn't say something right the first time or, and kind of play into that. Nobody's expecting you to be, you know, a, uh, an actor, you know, or be very good at that. Cause if you're too good at that, like you can mm -hmm. be good at everything. <laughs> no, you know? exactly. They 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 almost like the human side of you as a doctor, and I think video does yes. a good job of of humanizing you, and it and it breaks on that barrier a lot of people have mm -hmm. of their doctors, and so video does a lot of things, and it's been really cool to see how like once we've transformed MCM into the marketing aspect, video is a big part of it, and we just have them shoot the four videos a month, and we do everything else: the branding, the naming, the editing. And we yep. do all the distribution for them. And it's been cool to, to see a lot of our members uh, be consistent with the marketing, dive into something new, uh, get good at video. And, and they're starting to see the, the results with that. And, and, you know, part of why we brought you on was because I knew your background with video, because obviously with Brennan, video is a big part of what we're training chiropractors to do and, and teach them. Um, yep. And we just needed a, a, a lot of guidance on that and take some of the things off, off my plate. So. Um, what exactly does a chief market, marketing officer or some people call CMO, what, what is sure. that role and what do you typically do? So as I learned in corporate titles can mean a lot of things to different people. I think I see a chief marketing officer as being, you know, there's a, there's a, I don't want to say a control factor, but it really is the filter. Like if everybody's doing strategy, there's going to be gaps. 
and we want to avoid gaps at all costs. So I think that they're the main person that goes, what is the strategy? Let's, you know, explain it out in the details, come up with an execution plan, and then follow up to make sure that that execution plan is aligning with the original strategy from the client perspective, right? Is the thing that we're promising them the thing that they're getting? And are they feel that they're getting? Again, with the branding is like, we got to make sure that what we're trying to say is what they're hearing. You know, there, there's another big marketing term of like, uh, um, it's not about how you want to say it. It's about how they need to hear it. Yep. And so sometimes with the strategy, even you do come into that place where you're like, well, we just want to say, and I'm like, okay, that's great. But we need to translate that into something that the client, you know, and in a chiropractic sense, the patient is going to understand. Um, so for me, a CMO is really making sure to get all the inputs and then, and then putting it into an output that is, you know, for lack of a better word, optimized. I don't love buzzwords. Like I try yeah. not to use them too often, but they are very useful. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's like op optimizing the strategy and then executing it appropriately, mm. revising it, and then doing that over and over again. So that's what I'm really excited about. I mean, and what we're working with already, like what you guys have built has been so amazing. I mean, I was watching some of the videos. And I'm like, these people are really good at videos. You know, they're like doing really well. And they're, um, obviously there's things that we can, we can make better, but I think that there's um, a really good baseline of just keep improving it and making it value add for the client, but also just watching it grow from the client perspective at their own practice. So I think yep. that being able to measure some of those things and making sure that we're improving all the time is, is really going to be my goal. Um, but yeah, that's really what a, what I would consider a CMO to do. Yeah. And, and to your point of the, the client's videos doing really well, because, you know, really they've got the knowledge. Like, that's the thing is mm -hmm. like, there's a lot of people out there trying to shoot videos for random stuff and there's not a lot of knowledge. It's like these are very right. smart people with a very yep. unique knowledge. So that's the hard part. And so they're good at that. Right. And then getting on the video and hitting record four times a month is not that big of a deal. I think what has always hindered people is the actual production distribution and, and ideas around yes. it. And we're obviously taking that uh, away from them and, and doing it for them. And, and two big yep. things, I actually say three things that, you know, we really wanted to bring you on for was because we did have exponential growth last year, yeah. and, you know, and, and we're offering new things. And, and I figured, you know, there's, there's probably blind spots that I don't see that Jesse doesn't sure. see, that Kirk doesn't see that Becky, like, there's probably some blind spots. And, and one of the things we wanted to do was like, let's assess the MCM method. That is basically yeah. our method of you get us the videos and we turn it into this whole content marketing thing for your practice. Right. And I wanted to see if, if we had any holes in that method and you're in the process of kind of picking that apart and, and yep. giving us your candid uh, expertise yeah. on that, which is great. The yep. second thing was, was kind of MCM proper, like the marketing for MCM, like I, I record the podcast, but how can we optimize the, the distribution of it or, you know, the Facebook ad strategies and the different contests right. and initiatives we do. So you're helping with that a lot. And, yeah. and then just in general, looking at some of the data and audience building for our members is a big part of that, because that's something where I knew we had a blind spot and we had a cover. Sure. Um, yeah. And now we're finding some some other blind spots, which is great. And, it, and it's nice to have that um, another set of eyes on it for sure. Yes. That's just helpful, period. Like even if you're the best 
of the best and whatever, there's going to be blind spots. Because again, once you're immersed in your own thing for such a long period of time, which I think is just helpful, like especially when you get a business to a certain level, always bringing in new eyes and always bringing in new perspectives, even if it's within departments, like, you know, I think it's just, it creates a very large growth um, culture. And that I think is just super important to any company is, is not like reduce the ego. You know, this isn't about everybody doing everything perfectly or the best, Mm -hmm. you know, if we can help each other, I think it makes everything better for the customer, which is the ultimate goal. So. Perfect. Well, you know, I really want to thank you for your time today. I'm going to leave you with one question. It doesn't have to be anything related to MCM, but what are you most <laughs> excited about in 2023? It could be the tap house. It could be something else, but what are you most excited about for this year? Yeah, I think the tap house, it, because it's been such a building um, thing, the tap house is really exciting. There's a lot of additional elements to it um, that are really fun. Uh, that that I think will help me kind of get out of my business shell, which is exciting. Uh, and I really am excited about MCM. Like, I think that one of the best parts, like working with Brennan, was just watching the evolution over time and seeing things go well. And like, it, it's it's exciting. It's fun. I think like a big thing with the Tap House is helping people take action towards the life that they desire or something that they're missing in their lives that they they desire to do but they can't take that first step in action to doing it. So I think like being able to be in this realm and helping people move towards that thing that they desire is just a really fulfilling thing for me, especially from like a hard work perspective when you're working hard and you're tired, but satisfied, you feel like, okay, this is what I'm, I'm meant to do. Um, that's what I'm, I'm really excited to see the fruition come, come after a very long period, especially with COVID. Was a it was a crazy three years for sure. Yeah. So it, it'll get there. Yeah, yeah, it'll get there. You know, like for for me, you know, I started MCM in 2016 and I didn't monetize it for two years. It just was, you know, podcasts and Facebook group and occasional emails. And and then it was it grew and and then there was the one-on-one coaching and and I just started, right. you know, I think this is a lesson for our for our chiropractors as well, is you really gotta understand and listen to your audience and then you can create from there what can help solve their issues and as i started to work one-on-one with chiropractors or interview chiropractors on the podcast or our mastermind i just realized like there was a few big issues and and definitely one was uh they they felt like they're left on an island and they Mm -hmm. definitely need coaching and, and really make sure they get on the right path you know we don't put anybody um in a box and make sure they have to do it this way. We try to get them on the right path that we agree upon. And and then, you know, between myself and Kerr, as far as coaching, really trying to get them to understand business and communication and finances and marketing. And so we really were able to table the coaching side of it. So we kind of have the coaching wing to MCM and then just realize like a lot of chiropractors I was working with, they would start to understand marketing and the importance of it. (laughs) But the procrastination was such a problem because of the hurdles of, you know, production and distribution. So it was like, all right, we got to, yeah. we got to solve that. And, and that's how the marketing kind of wing came from it. And, you know, Jesse's been heading that up and, and it was me. And then now you're heading it up. So we've got that kind of two departments. And then, and then like a couple months ago, I forget one of our members, part of the great thing is, is we're up to 46 members now. And we just get so many great ideas from them. Yeah. And it was about like, okay, we need some help with our team members. 
So this month in January, 2023, we, we launched the team trainings and, yeah. and the first one was with front desk and that went great. We got great feedback on it. And so now we really can plug us in uh, to, to a practice to, to just take a lot off their plate and, and to grow. And, and I'm excited for your role in the marketing aspect to, to make it even better for them. Yeah, that's, it's, it's the isolation, I think, is the toughest part of owning a business. Um, and so the fact that this is such a niched as well industry of like it is all chiropractic, we have a lot of the same problems, um, I think is why it's been so uh, done so well is that it's a very um, non-intimidating, at least that's been the feel I've gotten is like it's not intimidating and it's very collaborative and just trying to learn as much as you can to to be the best you can and capitalize on what makes you guys unique and and go from there. So yeah, it's going to be an exciting year. I'm pumped. I'm really yep. excited about it all. <laughs> well, we're excited to have you and yeah. uh, it's been a great first month so far and we're excited to keep on growing together. So uh, I appreciate everything and um, I'm sure we'll have you on here periodically to do some marketing updates. Sure, that'd be great. I would love it. Thank you so much for having me. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. And if you want to make the shift from busy, broke, and broken to time-free and cash-confident, or you just want to continue with the exponential growth, check us out at modernchiropracticmarketing.com. Look at the MCM Mastery tab, watch the short video on there, and check out what we are doing now for evidence-informed chiropractors. We are equal parts coaching and marketing done for you. Yes, you shoot some videos. We help you with campaign strategies and ideas and really become a thought leader in your community. You shoot those videos, you send them to us, we produce, edit, and brand them to you. Then we distribute them through all of your channels. We also take them and we turn it into one good blog per month. And every other month, we have Darcy Sullivan producing a robust blog with a topic that you pick from her database to help with your SEO. So we essentially become your content marketing agency to make sure your practice is always having ethical, elegant content marketing to help grow your practice. On the coaching side, we also help you with everything from marketing ideas to business, communications, finances, anything practice growth and really try to help prevent you from being stuck on that island. And we hold you accountable. We have a great group of doctors that are just doing amazing things. And we look forward to help you out to take that next step in your practice. So again, check us out at modernchiropracticmarketing.com and learn more.